Hello and welcome to ASMR Tirar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, Dr. Andrew Michaels and the people of Earth find themselves face to face with their ancient enemies, both at home and on an alien planet. Battle lines have been drawn, but will diplomacy win the day? Finally, you have arrived. Those words shocked everyone within the sound of his voice. They were happy we were there. They were pleased we invaded their airspace. They were thrilled we landed without permission on their planet. These aliens, though strangely not any more advanced than ourselves, were not perturbed by our arrival. Actually, they were happy, thrilled, excited. The challenge was finally here. After all these eons, their leader said, you have finally taken the initiative and brought the fight to us. Yes, we have waited so many lifetimes for this opportunity, and you have granted it our most beloved wish, a chance to fight in our own arena. A simulcast for the ages. Two planets fighting for dominance. To appease the leader. I grasped on to him saying, the leader. And as funny as it might sound, and as cliché as it does sound, I said, Will you take us to your leader? Ah, we cannot do that. You know that. The leader is everywhere. The leader is all-encompassing. He created this universe. You cannot even look upon the leader, or your eyes will melt from your head. The leader is light. The leader is all things. Omega and Alpha. I found this quite odd. It was almost like they were talking about God, so I asked them, is the leader your God, the creator of all things? And they said, yes. We were making some progress here. They were doing this contest to appease their leader, their God. But you couldn't look upon him. You, you couldn't see him. He was some anomalous creature of light that created this whole universe, similar to our own beliefs. 
Is it possible they worship the same God as ourselves? So I took a chance and pressed further and asked, Is your God the Creator? Did He give you a sacred book of texts to study, to learn more about Him, a moral code? They said, Yes. Would you like to observe and see our book of sacred texts? And I said, Of course I would. May we go to where you hold the sacred texts? They said, There's no need to go there. We can show them to you here. And they opened up a computer screen in midair. The screen appeared the size of a large flat screen TV before our very eyes. And we were able to see in their language their sacred texts. Though we couldn't understand them, they asked us, do you have any questions? And we forwarded many moral questions, trying to ascertain and find a framework that allowed them to do the contest that they did. We started to realize that in the beginning, they were challenged by another planet until they themselves were able to reach out and challenge them on their own footing, much in the same way we have done just now. So this contest has been going on since the time of the planet's cooling. This race is so old, so ancient, yet bound to this pseudo-religious effort of always challenging other planets, always trying to be the best, to conquer others through combat. I was amazed to find out that they didn't believe in the actual concept of war, that war was a blasphemy to them. Having to strike out and retaliate against a race in a warlike fashion, like they did the last time they came to Earth, was tantamount to religious blasphemy to them. The leaders were shamed for attacking the planet, destroying whole cities, not sparing the lives of women and children, destroying whole civilizations, spreading them across the globe setting them back developmentally many eons. And the reason for this was nothing must get in the way of pure competition, a fair fight. Their religious beliefs were based, if you have a problem with two different warring nations, the nations have a detente, they have a discussion, They diplomatically discuss terms, they come to an agreement, they fight out a battle between their champions. Winner take all. This sounds like an amazing evolutionary advantage, but at the same time, there was malfeasance, there was trickery. Races would trick each other into combat, knowing the other side couldn't win just to take their resources, just to take their lands, just to take their people. 
And I asked him why, after they beat us, did they not conquer and take control of our planet? And they said, well, that, that, that's different. We are, we are they, and you are them. We are I, and you are you. It didn't translate properly. It, it didn't make sense at first. But what they were trying to say is, these rules apply to us, but you are the others. You don't have the same rules apply to you, only the fact of combat applies to you. Until it's a fair fight where you can fight back on our terms, and we can fight back on your terms, we can't conquer and take your planet as war booty. We can only take trophies. There was a difference between trophies and assuming control of lands and people and the planet itself. They were a rich, rich culture. They did not build the wormhole that brought us here. The conduit was just a chance thing. Or some other race built it in the past. We couldn't figure out exactly what had happened from the information we were gathering. We would have to leave that to scientists on Earth to decipher. As our robotic probes traveled far and wide in the solar system we were now in, hopefully our scientists could gather enough data to figure out the origins of the wormhole. But as honest as the day is long, they were clearly telling us that they themselves did not create it. They didn't create the device that they used to scan through the wormhole and find planets with life on them. This was also either given to them or literally fell from the heavens from the gods. I couldn't figure out which was which, but it was definitely not a technology that they were, or ourselves, were capable of building. Then I asked them why they never advanced further than they did. And they said, there's no reason. All our needs are met. When we conquer a planet in fair combat, we use that planet for its resources, for its technologies, for um, our economic growth, and and for food replenishment, and we all our needs are met. And basically their society was very stagnant due to this. They didn't see any need to go past their religious beliefs of conquering others. They just stayed very sedentary in their ways for ages upon ages, building better and tougher and stronger warriors. Their whole society Basically, you were either a facilitator of the contests or you were a participant in the contests, an actual warrior. There was no real in-between. And every family strived to get one of their children into the ring to be a champion. That was the ultimate goal of any family. And once your child, offspring, or parent became a champion in the ring. They were awarded great wealth and prizes and booty. 
and the family was taken care of for generations upon generations afterwards. They were considered royalty. They had attained the highest level of their society. They were a fascinating race. They were as kind and as pleasant as you could believe. Not a harsh bone in their body at this time. We were actually taken aback by their kindness. They offered us foods. They offered us medical scanning to make sure that we weren't going to get sick on their planet. They offered us all kinds of technology. Now that we were equals, all things were equal. And they let us have access to anything we wanted. As long as we were willing to set up the terms of the combat. We must appease the leader, of course. And there was no reason for our ship to detonate bombs or threaten them. Threaten them? No, there was no reason to threaten anyone. Because we were friends. They saw us as equals. They saw us as practically citizens of their own world. If we win the combat, we would control their world and we would be at their beck and call. If they defeated us, we would be their servants. We would be under their rule until the next competition. And that was the way it was going to go. Time in and time out. Only the champions get to dictate the terms of what comes next. And if they won, they were actually quite gracious. They just wanted a list of things that they wanted taken care of. These things would literally devastate the planet Earth because we would be without most of our precious metals, probably cause a lot of starvation, and some people would be put into servitude. But on the whole, the planet would go on. And this was strange to us. They wouldn't even send an overlord to watch over us. They would expect us to just adhere to the terms of the contract. Because, as they said, the alternative is, you already know, we'll blow you all up. We'll spread you to the wind, and we'll take everything anyway. I guess shame is okay in their society as long as it fits their general purposes. So, that being said, we had a lot of choices to make, and our negotiations began. We found out later that night, after a long session of negotiating, our eyes tired, our minds completely exhausted, that nothing, absolutely nothing took place on earth their ship was merely orbiting the earth they never sent a party down as was customary they never challenged our men on the combat island that we chose they were waiting for us and the terms of the contract we had to think about this we had to get wise and try to figure out a way out of this problem 
back and forth, the leaders of the world said, well, if we win, just tell them to leave us alone. That's what we want. We did present that earlier in the evening, and they were having a little hard time understanding that. If we won, we wanted nothing. That made no sense to them. We must want something. You have to take something. You have to have war reparations. You have to have payments. You have to take that which is yours. We would basically own them. And they would be at our mercy as a conquered people. Yet we said we wanted nothing. This concept was never actually floated by them by any other planet before. They were just not comprehending that if you win, you want nothing. It was almost like they didn't understand the concept. So we rethought it, and we went back the next day. As we entered the hall of negotiations, we realized there really wasn't much choice. If we refuse to fight, it's going to be an all-out war. We launch our weapons. We hope for the best. We had already studied in the last 24 hours if we could destroy the bridge. It was possible to destroy the wormhole connection between our solar system and theirs. So we had that in our back pocket as a last resort. And it was also possible to destroy their sensing device. They let us have full access to it. We asked if this was the only one they had. And yes, yes, and yes. Unless the leader intervened, we could destroy their sensing device, we could destroy their conduit, possibly, and get out in time to safeguard the universe or our solar system on the other side. But this was all a chance. This was all speculation. Great minds looked at it and said it should work. But what was very clear to all of us was if we fought the combat and we could somehow manage to win, we could end this thing. We could make this stop. It was almost like I can't say it any other way. It was almost like everybody wanted to prove their mettle. They didn't want to just try and use trickery. They wanted to win. All this time pumping up our champions, getting them to work together, getting them to train, study, build new weapon technology, new techniques, new tactics all the things we discovered about each other, working together. It was almost like the races of Earth didn't want to just take a chance and shut it down and hope for the best. They wanted to fight and they wanted to win. They wanted to make this stop for good. They saw it as a great combat between good and evil. Now maybe... They weren't evil. Maybe they were just a misunderstood people. But we wanted our chance in the sun. 
our chance to prove ourselves for all our ancestors that had died before us. We had come together as a planet and built a small space fleet in a short time period. A gigantic ship of war capable of decimating an entire planet. Capable of traveling across interstellar space. If we could resolve this thing in a peaceful manner, now that the people of the world had come together, this same space fleet could be used to study all of the local stars in our system. Space travel at 10% light speed. A generational ship traveling from star to star in our lifetimes, discovering new life, new civilizations, an opportunity to do all those things we dreamed of because we finally put our differences away and worked together as a whole. Just the advances in technology of all the five races working together was advancing science, medicine, philosophy, religion, everything coming together moving forward earth reaching a point of utopia earth reaching a point of understanding between the differences in races the differences in peoples and realizing we're not that far apart that it's what's in our minds that makes us special that makes us the same that makes us unique at the same time I couldn't hold them back. We were going to fight. And not only that, my people were going to fight to win. But nobody wanted their planet. Looking at all the atrocities and all the horrible events of the past, one thing was clear to the people of Earth, all the people of Earth. If we win, we want nothing to do with these people. They will leave us alone. I looked around, and I asked them to show me their most precious art, their most precious treasures. And they showed me a device and said that it came out of the Great Pyramid of Giza, that at one time this light shined up and connected with the constellation that was above it. That at one time this device communicated with a race of people in a constellation far, far away. I said, you took that from us? Yes, because it was your most precious, precious, most prized possession the ancient leaders of your Egypt used this device to contact their own people in their home galaxy where they came from many, many light years away. I sat at the negotiating table later and thought about that. I thought about their artwork, 
I thought about their palaces, their jewels, their gold, their gems. I thought about all the money we could get from them if we won, all the precious metals, all the rare exotic metals. How we could have a boom for our economy if the business minds of my planet got a hold of this contract negotiation, the Lee Iacocas of the world would ravage this planet. We had a plan. We had to be better than that. We must be better than that. We negotiated. We want two things. They asked us our terms. We said, we understand yours completely. Now it's time for ours. If we win, you will leave us alone. We do not want to see you again. You are forbidden to bother us again until a later combat must be resolved. We know we can't stop you from testing us again in the future, but we want nothing to do with you now. And we want that device back. That was how we talked to our own people, and you took that from us. We can finally find out our origins with that device. And you will give it to us if we win. Because we asked for one single solitary real item. They shrugged. They laughed. They shook their heads. They handed us a small, sharp prick to put our own blood on the contract. That's how you signed it. You signed it in your own blood. And all those present signed. They countersigned. And they handed us a copy of our contract. Combat will simultaneously be broadcast on both planets in three days. Good day. And they asked us, to leave. As we turned to go, they said, ah, 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 not so fast. Your champions, they're not going anywhere. They're staying right here until the combat's over. I turned to look at them. I wanted to say something great, bold. Something that would be wrote down for the ages. I said, make us proud. And they all kind of nodded. Then I said, and kick their asses. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirada de Huello. Remember to stay tuned for the next installment of this story coming soon. When you have a moment, please take the time to rate and review this podcast 
you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardohueo at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.